welcome to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. I am Joe, joined by Mel. Hi. It's my turn? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like giddy right now. <laughs> welcome back to the Strong Family Project Podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. I try to at least get through the intro before we get off track with banter, but I am feeling better. Now I got a text from a friend, oh. Vince. Very concerned about me after the last podcast because I was <laughs> oh. tired and he wanted to make sure I was okay. Very kind of events. I am good to go. Bounce back on that bonus episode. Uh, I don't remember what which one. It was the last 10-minute Tuesday where Mel wanted to do it at 9 p.m. at oh. night, which is ridiculous because it's after bedtime. Lights out, 8.30. 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're exaggerating. But it was after dinner, which is late for us. <laughs> I'm out of words after dinner. Let's get into today's topic. Today's topic is going to be a short 10-minute Tuesday on healthy family items. So we're talking strong family. Piece of that is becoming a healthy family. And the more that we spend time out and about, the more we appreciate taking care of our health and our longevity. And it is a struggle when we see people who are in their late 50s, early 60s and having mobility issues. and They can't play with their families and We'll walk through a town and we'll see people sitting in their car waiting for their family to go out and do things and then come back to them because they aren't healthy. While they we have an increased uh, lifespan in this country, we unfortunately do not have an increased health span where many of those years are spent not being mobile, not being healthy, spent in doctor's office. And it isn't a great way to spend a lot of your years. Wherever we, you are today, it starts today. You don't have to be 50 or 60, just you shouldn't be 50 or 60 to start. You should be taking care of this when your kids are young so that you can role model for them. This is near and dear to my heart. I lost my father from health conditions in his early 50s from a lot of things I'm talking about. He was unhealthy. We'd stop by McDonald's. He'd drink two liters of Coke, smoke a pa- uh, Pepsi, sorry, Pepsi for sure, <laughs> smoke a pack a day. Very unhealthy lifestyle. And we were growing up like that. We, for the lack of knowledge, that we were just eating whatever school meals or home meals or out to restaurants and fast food was a luxury that we really wanted and all that sort of stuff. And many people in my family have become very unhealthy. When I was early in college, I was over 300 pounds. So this is near and dear to my heart that I don't want you to go down this path. I have changed it. I see it in my kids when they eat and they're like, oh, full. That was never something I said when I was younger. We just ate and ate until the food was gone. And they are so much more healthy. And that goes to prove, at least to me, it's not always genetic. It's habits over genetics. And what I mean by that is they have healthy habits from their father, me, and their mother, Mel, that I didn't see in the earlier generations in my family. They were incredibly unhealthy. These kids are incredibly healthy. They come from the same line. However, they're just very different because of the habits they have picked and the habits that we instill and role model for them. I think what makes it powerful is that we are always trying new ways to make something healthy. Like we just bought a bread maker and we're going to attempt that tonight. And I think what comes to mind for me is I grew up in a family where we did eat healthy. So I admire my mom for that. We always had a meal together. It was always like a protein and a potato and whatever, but it was home cooked and it was healthy. But I always remember thinking to myself, I wish I could have this, or I wish I could have that which was unhealthy. And just recently, one of our kids went to a friend's house, and they happened to have 
types of foods that we don't buy, we don't keep in our pantry. And he in his mind calls those good foods because he means good tasting, not that our food tastes bad, but I get there's this craving in people to want the bad stuff, especially since you can't get away from it. If you're in the store, like sometimes I have to just put blinders on and say, don't look because I'll immediately want something unhealthy. But my point is that when I was talking to him in the car after picking him up, he was almost a little upset with me for not like allowing him to have those things or buying those kind of things. And I, after Joe and I talked, I recognized it really was a gratitude issue. You're not showing gratitude for the role modeling that we're trying to give you. Now, I know kids aren't going to say, oh, thanks so much for not buying unhealthy food, except Everett. He'll say that because <laughs> he's still so little. But I think it's important that they get the perspective that we're doing this for their longevity, for ours as well, but to teach them these skills young. And I think the more we do it together, the more new ideas we come up with, the more things that we practice and that they try, they get excited about it. Because that same night that he came home, made himself a like, buttery toasted roll with turkey on it, and then he makes this cool oatmeal thing with peanut butter. So even though he was telling me with his words, like he was annoyed that I don't have these unhealthy things, his actions were showing me that he's grateful to a degree, that he knows how to make himself something healthy and tasty. And that really comes from the role modeling that you were suggesting. Let's talk healthy habits. So how do we make this practical? How, what are some things you can do now so that your kids will thank you and you will be able to appreciate a ton more life with them? Healthy habit number one is get all the crap out of the house. I am dead serious about this and this is not as big of a fight as parents somehow make it up to be. Well, I like to get these snacks. I got to get this thing. Knock off the BS. Like, I'm not going to cuss on this podcast, but quit buying crap and then telling them not to eat it. This is how we grew up. I understand that, but you need to be strong enough to identify how wild that sounds. I'm going to buy a bunch of these pumpkin crap cookies and put them in there because it's the holidays and that's what we do and then to tell them not to eat them and I'll give them one every once in a while. Number one, we're putting the food up on the pedestal as something awesome that you get as just a treat. Number two, you're making it too tempting. Number three, you're putting it in front of them and telling them not to do it. None of that makes any sense. It is hard to do because that's how many of us were brought up. This, I want to stop in time for you to go into your pantry and knock it off with the bull crap. I think added to that though is if you decide to do that, I do I personally would need an alternative. What am I going to eat instead? And I think that instead thing needs to be attractive as well. And that's where we have found some really cool ways to do that. My biggest one, I think, is the, the shamrock shake. The kids wanted shamrock shakes from McDonald's. I looked up a healthy version of it with avocados and spinach and protein and all this stuff and, and mint extract. I've been making that every morning for a decade because that's how much the kids like it. So I found a, a super healthy alternative. So I know sometimes it's less convenient or it maybe takes some more prep. Like I made a whole batch of waffles. I refuse to buy Eggo waffles now. So I take the, I don't know, 45 minutes that it takes to make like 30 of them and then we have it for two weeks. So I think thinking about alternatives once you make that decision to get rid of the crap is super helpful and almost exciting. And kids, Logan loves to look up recipes and try new things. So we differ a little bit on the alternatives, okay? but we remerge on the homemade options that you've made. So for me as an adult, I don't need an alternative. I'm not a child. I need to eat like an adult. I don't need an alternative to cookie bars in the pantry. You just don't have them. If you're hungry, you eat your regular meals. You can say, that's an alternative. Yes. You don't need to replace cookie bars and all this. 
we're, we're just too comfortable with saying that we need this high sugary, high calorie, high butter food and we don't need it. So stop it. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily mean you and need I wasn't, an exact I was saying stop replace. it to you. Just for, I'm just <laughs> saying in general, I'm trying no, to create, a, I'm trying to say it in a very, a very clear way. And I don't mean it as a mean way. Those are two different things. I just want this to jump out at you as, wow, this doesn't make sense that I do this thing. And even though everyone around me justifies all the crap that they eat and they shovel Christmas cookies coming up at this season and it's almost Halloween now and there's pies on Thanksgiving, like I don't have to have that. I can choose to be an adult and change my life by just saying, no, thanks. It's, it looks awesome. Thank you for making it uh, really cool, but it's not for me. I have two thoughts. One is when I notice when I have a very productive day and I have a lot to do, I don't think about food and I don't get those hunger pangs for something bad for you. Just because I'm productive in other ways. I, so clearly I don't need it. I simply want it when those cravings come up. Secondly, you brought up Halloween and we do joke a lot at home about what well, you don't joke. You, you mean it, but you say it in a joking way, like not for me and I'm never going to eat a dessert again. And I certainly I believe not, you. I'm not I know. joking. That's what I meant. You're not joking, but you present it in like a humorous way to the kids. And now Everett is, I don't even want to go trick-or-treating because I don't want candy. Now, one of my first instinctual oh, thoughts is, to. oh, but it's Halloween and I loved Halloween and it's so fun and this and that. But I have to stop myself and think for a moment. Look at what he's accepting. Look at what he's potentially gaining from five years old that he doesn't have to do this holiday just because it's a prescribed social thing. So yeah, my initial thought is like, oh no, but it's so fun. I loved Halloween, blah, blah, blah. But then when I think about it a little deeper, I appreciate the fact that he is internalizing some of these messages that he doesn't need that thing. So my ha second habit that I want to throw out there. So the first one is remove the items from your home. Got to do it. That is a mandatory one. I think we we're just fooling ourselves in that, oh, we're going to try to eat healthy, but you have it like as a backup, like it's an emergency plan still in your cupboard. I do get this handful of chocolate chips. Get rid of it. Like you got to. Now, the second habit is batting the hatches for 90 days. You need to go through this process. Mel just spoke about something where our son was at someone's house. He said, oh, this is good food. And then he sees us making food at home. Oh, can, uh, the oatmeal that he loves or the granola milk makes it homemade, the morning shake. And then he starts to have more gratitude towards it. You have to bat in the hatches in the moment. They're going to try to argue say, oh, I, I like to go eat this Swiss roll or whatever it is. And, okay, whatever. And then you go on the next day. Isn't this cool? Your mom's making all this nice stuff for you. Or isn't it nice that you know how to make this oatmeal that you really enjoy? And they start showing more gratitude towards it. You don't do it in the situation where you're creating a butting of heads. You do it over the course of 90 days. I've done it. Mel's done it. Run fitness facilities and trained a lot of people. If they can make it that 90 days, it totally changes their perspective on what's possible. That first habit I gave you may not seem possible. I just can't do that. Just give it 90 days. And at the end of 90 days, you back. I can't believe I lived like that before. It totally shifts your perspective. And to always bring this back to core values, two of our core values are having gratitude, which we've talked about, and being accountable. And this idea, if you were to take on this idea of 90 days, does it fit your core values? Do you have those values created? So it does fit our core values. So at the end of the day, we really work on filtering our decision-making through those values. That's the purpose of them, not for them to just sit on the wall, episode one. And I think that 
even gives you more drive to explain to the kids why. I don't want to just say to my kid, oh, just because it's not good for you. No, our family's about gratitude. Our family's about being accountable. We want to be personally responsible for our health. And these are choices we're making to go towards that endeavor, towards that end, I guess. There's a lot more to talk about, but we're very close to the end. So we got to get bring it back to the food and the healthy habits. I'll give you time for one to think about. I'll give two quick ones. So I've already come up with a bunch of them. And so I want to cover the important ones up front. The next habit to live a longer and healthier life specific to nutrition is to try to have more meals together. And that goes in conjunction with the last habit, which is role model for your family. And so you have the meals together, you eat together, you make these a time to talk, you make these a time for a gathering, for talking about the day, for sharing gratitude, make it more about the experience together than the food on the table, choose some healthy options, role model it, and use that 90 days to be just cold about it. Oh, can we have pizza and pie today? Nope. <laughs> That's the answer is no. No is a complete sentence. And they will start to understand that. And you will have to explain why. Don't say no because it's bad for you. Because then they'll start to judge other kids. And so I say no because I care about you and I want you to, to feel good and have energy. And I know that is a tough concept because, and we'll talk about what the food companies do to get them to buy more from the... Logan will watch YouTube videos on like that Frito-Lay jaw machine where it like measures the crunch of a chip to give you the right satisfaction. So you eat more chips. Do you think these people have the best interest in your health and longevity? And once you start talking about it and it's not just a no, that's bad. Here's why. Then they start to buy in a little bit more because we don't want to create a situation where they get judgy of other people, which they haven't. I think the last thing I would say is sometimes this becomes an issue financially. And I think if you truly sat down and figured out how much you spend on the crap food and then instead chose to use that towards fruit, like sometimes I'll go to the store and I say, oh my gosh, strawberries are so expensive, but I'd rather spend the $6 on a thing of strawberries than gummy bears or whatever the case may be. So I think sometimes I have to shift my mindset of even if it feels like it costs more, because I think there's this idea in society that better healthy food costs more. Just I think opting for that and then not buying the other thing, you probably come out about even in the end. That's all the time we have for this. I really thought I was going to go a different direction. I did want to get more tactical and share a lot of the recipes that we use, but we just don't have the time for it. I want to get, I guess we'll just say high level today. If you want to hear the items that we make, Mel shared the shamrock shake. She shared about the oatmeal that our son makes. We can share a lot of those recipes with you. Reply to the email, comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Drop us a line. Our website, strongfamilyproject.com, has our email on it and how to contact us. We need to hear from you that you want these recipes and these more ideas that you can implement. If you are quiet, we're going to be quiet on it and move to the next topics. We'll assume you got it covered. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Strong Family Project, and we'll talk to you on the next one.